田中将人しかできない机の使い方行くぞ行くぞ田中将人場外に向かって行ったメリメリメリメキメキメキピシピシとチーポッカスエピソードナンバーフォーディー、This is the unprofessional podcast about professional wrestling.I am your host, Dave Tokyo Dome Rudden.I am Henry King Kong Gilbert.Brett.I <laughs> got nothing, man.King、uh, of Strong Style.Sure.Sure.That's what I'll be.Rainmaker Chaos.That is just quietly talking about So, this is yet another excursion away from the safe confines of WWE where、mm. every match is the same all the time, <laughs> week after week.、Uh, we just watched Wrestle Kingdom 9. Yes.、Mm. Uh, you guys' first long form、uh, look into the world of Pudo Resu ever. What are you, Matt Striker? <laughs> I, am, I am Matt Striker. <laughs> So, yeah, a very long card, but.、Uh, it ended good. To, yes, it ended good. <laughs>、um, like, there were no breaks, there were no, no. like. You almost kind of wanted it at some point. It was, it was kind of refreshing. There wasn't like a backstage segment. There wasn't you know what a, else was refreshing, Dave? Mountain Dew Kickstarter. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird not being brought to you by Tostinos or Kmart. <laughs> you, know, or, you know, it's easy to make fun of all those moments, but it is kind of. They serve the purpose of like, okay, it's a break. You know, like for ten mi- five, ten minutes, they're not going to have a wrestling match or even an entrance. But like, one of the, like the, the Jeff Jarrett match, like it was over and they're like, all right, next match, come into the ring. I was like, Jesus Christ, give me, give me a few moments. It does make the pace a little exhausting because that、yeah. was three and a half hours long. Yeah, yeah. and、With、all the no ma- breaks? Yeah, no breaks. The matches, well, there w a s like the, a couple packages. There were a couple, but,、yeah. but they were、many. actually serving because like for us who weren't. Aren't following it week to week, it was like, oh, actually, you want to kind of watch this to get some semblance of what's happening. But there was never, you know, always complain about there's Mountain Dew commercials in my pay per view, but it's like, well, yeah, but that gives you the four minutes to go get sandwich, chicken wings, piss. Like, just、yeah. that was the、uh, plus the mental break of or, like, or in this case, rice balls and bento boxes. Yeah, well,、right. same with like, there was no, there was no、uh, women's match you don't have to care about in between the second, the, the two most important matches. Mm-hmm. Or a Kane Ryback chairs match.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was, yeah, it was a breakneck speed. And speaking of breakneck, like it was way, it was way harder hitting moves than anything you see in WWE. Yes, indeed. For good reason in a lot of cases, I would say. Like you watch that, you're like, wow, this is awesome how hard it is, but, or how real it feels.、Mm-hmm. They're like, but the real, but with that reality comes concussions, compressed necks,、and、short more, careers. And more cauliflower ear than you will see、yeah. anywhere outside of、mm-hmm. actual MMA.、Uh, so there's a, it, it was a very long card, 10 matches long. <clears throat> and we actually、uh, missed one that was on the pre show that was like a、yeah. 15 man battle royal. Which is even more. Can, yeah. Can never go wrong with the battle royal.、Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> that was on the.、Uh, That was on the,、uh, only on the app. Like, cause、wow. they, so 
we paid $35 for it, but it, we could have paid $9.99, that is 999 yen, for New Japan World, which is their answer to the WWE Network, which they pointedly charged $9.99 for. Mm. But, uh, but then we wouldn't have had the awesome commentary yeah. of one Jim Ross and Matt Stryker. I feel yeah, they feel like they really balanced each other out. Like Stryker yeah. was maybe a bit too much of a weeb, I think. Uh, <laughs> Fanboy, yeah. And Jim Ross was not quite so educated. He like a lot of this was like this guy reminds me of Bruce Brody. Or I know it was King Kong Brody. <laughs> yeah. That was that was one of the funniest things of their dynamic to me was that like Matt Stryker is a know it all, but then like. JR go like the one where he talked about the Texas Cloverleaf thing as he's known for the Texas Cloverleaf must be a fan of Dean Malenko and then like because Matt Stryker thinks well that's from 1996 that's that's an old school reference and then <laughs> Jim Ross goes like I think it's more identified with the Texans of Japan like Dory Funk and Terry <laughs> Funk who came in the 70s and they just like go like just boom just <laughs> runs over him or also Another great moment was when they kept mentioning uh, Bruiser Brody because one wrestler is very influenced by Bruiser Brody. And then Matt Stryker, like the fanboy he is, keeps correcting him like, well, he was King Kong Brody in Japan, King <laughs> Kong Brody. And then, then Jim Ross, I think, out of exasperation, goes like, well, I called him Frank. Because <laughs> he actually knew Frank Goodish before he died like 25 years ago. I put a rose on his grave to goddamn it. Uh, so let's let's get to the matches. The first one was a, probably the fastest paced match of the entire night. It was a mm-hmm. four way tag team match. It was kind of exhausting way to start the entire pay per view. Yeah. Where I'm just like, wait, I'm not used to this format or any of these wrestlers. And here's six people, yeah. eight people, mm-hmm. all at once. And it, and it definitely set the, the standard of uh, tags really don't matter that much. No, not at all. <laughs> not yeah. At all. <laughs> In every tag match, yeah. even the regular, like, two-man, the only, like, normal tag match I think was on the show, even that, they didn't care. Also, a lot of Westerners in this match. Well, yeah, like, there was only Kote, uh, not, uh, what was the, the only Japanese guy? Kushida? Kushida, yeah, yeah from the, Time Splitters. The guy wearing Shelley. the Marty McFly jacket. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so he's instantly my favorite wrestler <laughs> of all time. The, the, uh, from the start, like, all the entrances were toned down compared to last year, which I, I expected them to try to top what they did last year. But nobody had any crazy gimmick entrances. Like, the Time Splitters came in with a DeLorean last year. Oh, nice. Not so this time, but yeah, as for the junior heavyweight tag with the, so it's the Young Bucks of mm-hmm. Bullet Club versus the Time Splitters, Kushida and Alex, mm-hmm. versus uh, the Red Dragons, yes. who are the tag, uh, the junior heavyweight champions, and then Forever Hooligans. Forever Hooligans, right, with the, uh, with the Russian yes. Kozlov. I would also like to point out that this completely changes my perception of the Asian guy who plays Marty McFly at Hood Slam. Because I'm like, oh. now there's two Asian pro wrestlers ah. that are at Marty McFly. So maybe it's really a Kushida cosplay Could and not be. a Marty McFly. Could be. Yeah, but they were doing crazy moves. It reminded me of the Nitro days that would have the first match be an insane uh, Lucha Libre cruiserweight match of yeah. just like diving around everywhere and just these guys just like dive. Now I'll dive. Now I'll dive. Now I'll dive. And yeah. it's just like falling dominoes. Like it. It was exhausting in a way, but but fun. Yeah. It also seemed to overwhelm Jr. Cause it was like, <laughs> just like to try to call that is like I don't know, I don't know. There yeah. are all of these the legal man. Yes. All right. So they did that. Uh, well, yeah. Because throughout the night, um, d- he definitely had problems with pretty much any name. If somebody was not a named dude in Amer- even if it was an American star, 
if they weren't a big name that he had called before or was really familiar with, like he was silent a lot of the time, or he'd mm-hmm. just say like the challenger. And then meanwhile, Japanese names when it was two, when it was the few matches that were Japanese versus Japanese, like he got the names mixed up multiple times. And yeah, the opening match was the toughest one for him, I think. Mm-hmm. But who the, won? Who won this? Uh, Red uh, Dragon. Yeah, so they retain the title. Yeah, man. And they're the duo. They they are also the ROH champions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I, I'm guessing they, maybe they'll hold on to it till May, which is when they're going to have their next match. Uh, I mean, the next uh, ROH New Japan crossover show. I feel that we this is the neck beardiest echelon of professional wrestling, but now that it's <laughs> more readily available, hopefully it'll uh, be less so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, the first match was uh, overwhelming. Yeah. Yes. But uh, exciting. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I really like the Russian guy's uh, dancing, dancing kicks. Kick, yeah, yeah, very his, nice. His uh, Cossack kicks, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Much like Zengi from Pocket Fighter. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, he, he showed off those moves with Gorbachev. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, he really did. All right, so let's move on to the next match. It was a six-man tag team match. Again, it was Bullet Club, uh, which was Jeff Jarrett, Yujiro Takahashi, and Bad Luck Fale. Mm-hmm. Fale. Um Fish Fale. Uh <laughs> he should he should tag with that guy Bobby Fish. That'd be and, perfect. Fish and, <laughs> and they took on uh Faleo Fish. Hiroyoshi Tenzan, Satoshi Kojima, and Tomoaki Honma. Yeah. The team New Japan. They're they're all old pros. Like this is kinda like the old guy. Oh, this is the whole guy thing. Was. Yeah. yeah. It, it this was just like the old pros get get their time in and also the Jarrett gets to like well hell I'll wrestle mm-hmm. nobody cares like in America nobody cares like no like but Jeff is a giving dude like he loses to everybody as he did and he did well. whack him in the head with his guitar yeah he, he hit paid. his own teammate what a dingus yeah <laughs> have you guys ever seen that clip of uh I think it's Mike Graham who they show there's like Mike Graham's Jeff, right here. Mike Graham. Yes, I'm Mike, right, I'm right Mike here. Graham <laughs> he says uh yes. of Jeff Jarrett he says he broke a hundred Guitars never drew a dime. That's what he says of him. But it was a nice match. So the Bullet Clubs were were big old losers for a lot yeah. of tonight. Yeah. Like this, and and it was also weird seeing him come out with Karen Page, like Karen, Karen Jarrett, Karen Jarrett, formerly Karen Angle. But uh, that that both in two of the Bullet Club matches, they came out with female valets, which is a very American thing to do. Mm-hmm. Like, and there were no other women cited at this New Japan show. This one was also, I think, a nice instance of the ref just going like, eh. <laughs> Yeah, I, I thought the refs were held, kept a tighter ship, uh, a tighter ship there, but they did not in these no, matches. No. In pretty much all the matches, they're like, Most of it was well, an open right. sight. It's just like, well, I could, but. Or they're like the wagon thing, like, hey, hey. <laughs> I realize you're setting up the spot to jump over the top rope into that group of guys, so it's <laughs> like. Uh, speaking of jumping off the top rope into a group of guys, next match was the eight-man tag match. Uh, what? Davey Boy Smith Jr., Shelton Benjamin, Lance okay. Archer, and yeah. Takashi Yuzika against the- Mikey Nichols, Na- Naomichi, Marfuji, Shane Haste, and Toru Yano. Uh, Toru Yano was the sort of fat weirdo guy who was smiling, and he was the two guys with the tap-out shorts, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, well, TMDK. TMDK. TMDK, yeah. The Mighty Don't Kneel. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, it uh, that was another crazy... I think all these like multi-man matches at the start were just, let's get people paid, and let's yeah. have as many names as we can on the card just to... Like for attraction's sake, and yeah. this also let like more... And maybe it was also to get more American names on there, because like, 
Americans know who Shelton Benjamin is. Mm-hmm. And they know who, well, maybe if they're a longer time fan, they know Shelton Benjamin. See, the problem with Shelton X Benjamin is that they hadn't stopped to go to the Dr. Light capsules to get the <laughs> helmet and the boots <laughs> and the upgraded Mega Buster. He does become X when he gets the... Yeah, I, uh, yeah he... But he was, he was good for the short amount of time he was there. I remember him being... Not a good talker, but an amazing athlete. Yeah. Like he would always. I miss him. WWE needs to get him back just one more time for the Money in the Bank. Just yeah, he was like, awesome with those. He was the king of Money in the Bank, who never won, and they pretty much gave that role to Kofi. Yeah, but Kofi's not as good as at Ben mm. as Benjamin is. Uh, but Benjamin didn't really get to show off that much. It was a comedy match. Like mm. it was a very silly match. Like. The one, the crazy bad guy just like runs through the crowd and just like, <laughs> Karnov yeah. with the iron claw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that weird iron claw. So <laughs> That's strange. very 1980s wrestling. Why is he even allowed to bring that to the figurina? <laughs> well, and then the other guys were like guests from the Noah promotion. So it was yeah. like an, also an inner promotional thing, which was yeah. pretty crazy too. And I felt like, uh, you know, he, uh, Ross didn't even know what to say with yeah. that match. Yeah. It's kind of funny all this interplay between what is no is Noah some other thing like yeah, another Noah's, promotion? Noah's another a competing promotion, a smaller promotion. That so really, it, it's just yeah. weird. Like this idea of Wrestle Kingdom really is like here's a little Ring of Honor, here's New Japan, here's um, no Dragon Noah. Gate though. Hmm. But but then like it's funny like the the big omissions of like hey here's like a World Cup of of uh, of wrestling where all these different things come together is like. Is WWE and TNA, Damn. which are like the two trying the most to do their own thing and be like, no, we're the only game in town. Well, like TNA had a couple months ago, they had oh, Slammiversary. They did, they did do a they, thing. Yeah. I, I, I think the they, they were, what, I think they teamed with All Japan. I can't uh, remember. No, it's the new Wrestle One. Oh, oh the right. The newest promotion that's run by Keiji Muto. I see. Uh, which is like smaller than Noah, even. So, a quick history is. So in the 80s, so New Japan started in the 70s and was the biggest. But then in the 80s, All Japan had the best guys in it, specifically Stan Hansen, uh, Misawa, and uh, Kenta Kobashi. And so in the 80s into the 90s, they were the top guys in All Japan. Then the All Japan guys quit, the best guys in All Japan quit, to start as older dudes, Noah, which was seemingly starting to pick up steam, but then has kind of just been falling apart. Like, one of Noah's top guys was Kenta, who was now left mm-hmm. for America. And then, meanwhile, New Japan just ascended over the past, like, eight years. And they're far and away the best. So, I think they just don't even see, like, Noah as a competition. But, uh, but anyway, yeah, that the, the, match, the, the match was That's okay. That's what did Sega in. <laughs> it's like Nintendo and Sega. They're just like, come back. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was but, just trying to make my another Nintendo of America garbage joke. <laughs> New Japan's Nintendo of America. <laughs> but anyway, that was it was again a super quick silly match. Uh so at this point I think the the night turned into matches where people just hit each other as hard as they could. Boy oh. howdy did they ever. Like, they really turned on the strong style switch starting with uh <laughs> it went Jesus when yeah. they pulled it. <laughs> uh <laughs> Sakuraba Kazuki Kazushi Sakuraba against Minoru Suzuki. This was nuts. What, yeah, so these were both big MMA guys. Sakuraba. It was an MMA-style match. Yeah. It could only be won by knockout or submission. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. This is there. Yeah, this was the one before that, but it was okay. also really hard-hitting. That but, guy just got yeah. kicked in the chest for a solid 10 to 15 minutes. When his yeah. left arm, like, he was yeah. acting like his left arm was broken, basically. He did. Yeah. His his white trunks and then his booties, he did look like a baby. Yeah. <laughs> the baby New Year. He was 2015. Yeah, there's just some angles where I'm like, man, that's an unfortunate. It's weird, because Suzuki is, like, the meanest guy. Yeah. He did look the, the most intimidating, like, 
head wise. Yeah, his fit, yeah, his hair and his and his head and his just physique and stuff. Like he definitely Below looked, the neck, he looked the part. Mm-hmm. And we argued the other guy actually looked like maybe a convenience store clerk. He looked like despite a real, the fact he could also kill me. A really good cyclist. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Some so, people brought up uh, he looks just like former PC gamer editor in chief Logan Decker. <laughs> yeah, a little bit that too. So. Uh, a quick background is that Kazushi Sakuraba was one of my favorite dudes, m- probably my favorite dude in MMA in the early 2000s. Like he was this unpredictable, crazy goofball uh, Japanese star who had unpredictable, like chained together submissions and would just get them out of nowhere on guys who were like trained submission artists. Yeah, like, like he, he was... went through in the entire Gracie family. Yeah, he, he, wow. beat, he yeah. beat Hoist Gracie, who had been undefeated. He beat him in a 90 minute like war. It was amazing. And he also he had all these great matches. But then in about 2004, they opened up the weight classes and he was like, I'm going to move up a weight class. But he was like uh, outweighed by like 30 pounds and just got destroyed and mm. like he tried to like do you flew, flew too close to the sun man he got like his orbital socket just Ugh. broke like twice and then he's like mm. you're, you're done but so this and meanwhile suzuki was also an mma so this is kind of just like a fake mma fight between right. these two but they were hitting each other as hard as they yeah, could pretty non-worked yeah. punches yeah like, there's a lot of uh, stiff moments where you're like, G-g-g-g. though no actual punches because punches are technically not allowed. Though one match <laughs> later will show you they were throwing some punches, but yeah. there are so many just like slap, slap, yeah. slap. Yeah. Uh. I mean, this was probably the one match I didn't like the ending of because it's supposed to be submission or knockout, and the guy we're, we're naked the, choke. Yeah, and the referee just stops the fight. Well, yeah, it didn't. So like he's unconscious, and I'm like, I didn't get this sense that he yeah. passed out because his face was still wincing, and it's like if you pass out, your face should drop. Yeah. Well, yeah, they don't do the three arm drops in New J- in Japan uh, or okay. either. But uh, I think that was just one of those like save face things for yeah. Sakura. Like Saku didn't want to kick out or didn't want to tap. That's the weird vibe you get from like these old legends guys, and the, you know there is that whole like respectability thing there, mm. where it's just like, no, that won't happen. So the ending will be a little. Like the last one with like Hulk Hogan, Japanese Hulk Hogan. It was yeah. like he did his headbutt move, and it's like there you go. <laughs> well, there that is a difference with uh, that I've noticed in American and Japanese wrestling is that there's definitely a feeling like if we were to watch a match now, like if you ever watched uh, like ten years ago, if I saw a match with like Ric Flair versus some guy twenty years younger than him, I'd be like. Well, Ric Flair has to lose. Like, what does Ric Flair need to even win a match for? Same with, like, Mick Foley. Right. Like, Mick Foley, I, I liked when he was semi-active. He'd say, I never need to win another match. Like, Rick, Chris Jericho never needs to win another match. Mm-hmm. That's a feeling of, like, you guys are old. You've, you're you're golden forever. Like, who needs – you don't need to win. Get Put somebody else over. Mm-hmm. But I feel like in Japan, it's like, I am your elder, and yeah. I should beat you all the time. If, I, if you win – then it will matter even more. That is a passing a torch moment. But until then, yes. I am your senior, and you will. I will win mm-hmm. just by virtue of being your. Which elder. is dangerous, given the constantly aging <laughs> cast of wrestlers. In That's true. Years. What uh, will be the next generation of wrestlers? Thirty-seven year olds. <laughs> well, speaking of the older guy winning, uh, yeah. The, so the next match. Might be my favorite of the night, just in how stiff it was. It was yeah. crazy. Uh, this is the one that I was thinking yeah. was last night. Togi Makabe versus <laughs> Tomohiro Ishii. For the never open weight championship. Yes. There are a lot of belts. Oh, in yeah. It. Like, <laughs> there, I think, I think there were seven belts to defend it on this show. Because there's junior tag, regular intercontinental tag, or whatever. No, no, junior tag, regular tag. tag. 
never intercontinental junior heavyweight he- and heavyweight okay yep. so six yeah. the fact they have two tag team title belts is kind of crazy it shows you how many tag teams they have compared to wwe which yeah, yeah. an amazing not tag. enough to barely field a tag team <laughs> yeah bracket. where it's like well you got four teams well you got the usos you got the gold dust guys you got uh Ms. Los, Dow, Los matadores, Los matadores mm-hmm. you got Ms. Dow, and maybe we can throw right back and what's his face <laughs> And now you got New Day and Ascension. <laughs> but so yeah, yeah, Toki Makabe, who is like a, a super tough guy brawler with his big chains. Yep. Yes. And then you have the newer guy, Ishii. This, with no neck. The stone pit bull. <laughs> Which is pretty accurate from yes. the look of that guy. Yeah. And they just like slugged it out they really so did. hard. It was insane. They were really just hitting themselves in the face and neck <laughs> yeah. for a solid 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, and nasty clotheslines. Like, yeah, nasty clotheslines, clothes horrible like neck dump suplexes. Yeah. Where you're just like, Ugh. I and think there were there were there were probably over a dozen suplexes that I watched during this pay per view mm-hmm. where I was just like, ah, oh, that's so I don't get like got to go to the chiropractor tomorrow because <laughs> like a lot of the stuff for like the band moves or whatever. A lot of it's because like the the long term brain damage can yeah. make you do crazy things like kill people <laughs> or just like all the painkillers that come along with it and how that can mess you up over time. It's just like, why hasn't Japan, like, why are all of them, like, why does that stiff style persist when it's like, no, there's clearly this will mess people up. And I think they don't want to, it's it. They don't want to tone it down because that would be against the fighting spirit. Like that, that whole match was about the fighting spirit of just like, they shouldn't like, they just kept standing there and be like, hit me, hit me back, hit me really hard. Like, that's just the style like and it would you'd have to change the style big time to do it like that would be against the tough guy ethos right. that the whole right. company is built upon so they'd Are rather guys just... with parkinson's who probably got it as a result of brain injuries almost certainly <laughs> right they probably shuffled away from oh yeah hungry they're... documentarians they, they get the logan's run treatment uh, yeah, yeah, yeah they preferred to yeah i'm guessing they preferred denial and also like they I would think like their audience and maybe the media there is ready to help with that denial or doesn't oh, care. Like, sure. But, uh, but Hey, it's fun to watch. So, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's what makes Until it until that day comes. Uh... That's what makes it hard to watch like old ECW matches where people just hit the other guy in the head with a chair as hard as they can just to hear just like the smack of just like, and, and it was the same deal there or just like, Back in the 2000s, there were dudes, including one, a double murderer, who his big move was a German suplex to drop everybody on their head over and over and over again. And that compact spines, concussions, all that stuff. Like, it's dangerous. And that's why they don't do those. They barely do suplexes anymore. And that's what these guys did for 45 mm-hmm. minutes. <laughs> well, that's also why it was so crazy when... Brock Lesnar did 16 suplexes in a row, and you never do one of them. He did just 16 in a row <laughs> yeah. to poor, poor John Cena. So when, the, when these guys like started headbutting each other, I was like, guys, yeah. it's like towards the end of the match. Stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some of those headbutts were like, like you could see. You like, don't have to hit two heads together hard for it to be incredibly yeah. painful. Like yeah. I can tell you. And they just want to show off like, we're that tough. We're right. tough guys. But poor Ishii... Didn't come through with Togi got him with the uh, what did he beat him with? I can't remember. Was it just a like really a mega hard lariat? Yeah. <laughs> I think it was like a mega lariat. A chop something. so big <laughs> it will destroy us all. Uh, so and I showed you those fun pictures of Togi. Uh, he likes the sweet. sweets. He has a sweet and posing with Funashi. Was yeah, with Funashi. Oh man, that's yeah. great. Oh yeah, um, someone opened a box of chocolates during the match and it gave mm-hmm. him a uh, Popeye power. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so the belt that they fought for, the Never Openweight Championship, never is actually an acronym. Oh, boy. Uh, which stands for New Blood, Evolution, Valiantly, Eternal, and Radical. Wow. Which is the also the Star Road uh, stages <laughs> in Super Mario World. <laughs> now, if New Blood is one of the things, Togi should not have that because he's like older dude who's, who's held the heavyweight championship multiple times yeah it says like it, that was their initial uh hope for the title was like it will be the young person sort of uh outsider title mm. we couldn't find any but, young people that wanted to like punch each other in the face for 20 minutes yeah. <laughs> this new generation is soft all these people who don't who t- too old to change <laughs> <laughs> but that was a great like yeah. that was the match i think all you guys were really into the most it's mm-hmm. like oh it was brutal oh. like it was like wow like yeah you know, Though not to sell the next match short, uh, which was Kenny Omega against uh, Ryusuke oh, Taguchi. I yeah. did love Kenny Such Omega. He was yeah. pretty fun. We were having a hard time determining his age, ethnicity. Uh, Anything. Canadian. Wow. There you go. But like <laughs> his hair and his face and how dark he was. How his eyes bug out. He just like, is he 50? Is he 28? Like I can't tell any age at all. Well, and then his hair is dyed black and yeah. white for Bullet Club. He is uh, like the bizarro Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's evil too. Like he's great as the Bullet Club guy. He was finally Bullet Club won something tonight yeah. in his match. He like, was another great instance of, hey, let's appropriate classic wrestling things from back in the day speaking yeah, of which there was so, entrance, which was so much suck it and too sweet so much yeah. suck it and too sweet it's so weird please yeah. anticipate sucking it please anticipate sucking <laughs> it. I've the, seen the guy was like too sweet where <laughs> I've seen Bullet Club rightfully Bullet Club rightfully Better justified <laughs> as the uh, the bro kids who grew up with NWO yeah. then moving to Japan and starting their own NWO uh. like and yeah, but or DX or whatever. But yeah, that Kenny Omega was doing his like he was like the son of Scott Hall and X Pac. Like, mm-hmm. and yes. just uh, and and his one wing angel. That's a crazy move. Very yeah. cool move. Yeah. And it's a reference to my favorite JRPG, <laughs> yeah. Chrono Trigger. It's crazy well, how he summons a comet from like deep space to come uh, blow up all the planets and then I mean, crash I think into you Tokyo. Definitely get a concussion from that. <laughs> it is. It's a dangerous looking move. And he did that like. Uh oh! The, he had that also that like um uh, that that clutch up into a German suplex a clutch like, oven yeah. yeah he had a, a lot of moves where he was just like gut wrenching dudes yeah. like straight up he like, had like yeah he had almost Cesaro level power yeah. in his tiny body yeah. where he's like deadlifting like doesn't look like the other oh, guy's yeah. putting any of his momentum into yeah. a like a suplex or anything but because he's a bad guy now he doesn't do a Hadouken anymore yeah. so yeah. you guys do I not get to see him frankly do frankly think that's a little over the line yeah, yeah. yeah well, speaking of over the line uh, you can find on YouTube a match that Kenny Omega had against a nine year old girl I, I remember there's... seeing you clips saw clips of that. of that in the thing I showed you last oh night. okay that's what that was all right, all right. So no, did, I like she, did she win? Or? <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that Kenny Omega was but good. Kenny Omega's oh, great. I am surprised match. he's never been approached by uh, by WWE. Apparently, he was uh, he was signed to their developmental and hated it so much that he's just vowed, like, I'm not going to do it. Like, Rightfully I, so. Yeah. I, I think this show showed that if you're, if you're ready to spend half your year in Japan – that you can be a successful wrestler without mm-hmm. without WWE and mm-hmm. definitely have a lot more freedom of I mean have fun. Uh, from uh, you know most superficial past like watching one pay per view it seemed even when, when you get to the main event like that whole five moves of doom thing is not present at all like mm-hmm. everyone was super varied and the styles were all very different yeah. and like you saw 
you'll see super kicks and you'll see power bombs, but like uh, overall, like there was so much variety in match to match of, yeah. of, of, of moves. Even the main eventers were like, I'm going to mix this up into this yeah. and into this. I'm going to do a Tiger Suplex. You're going to do a Tiger Suplex. <laughs> I'm going to jump off every rope. I think from our noob perspective, it definitely helped that like I didn't know many of these wrestlers' finishers. Yeah, so like when a match yeah. ended, it was genuinely surprising. I tried yeah, to tell so. you like, oh, I think he said enough for his finisher. Like I tried to do that when I knew their finisher. Mm-hmm. Like I definitely did that with Omega. But uh, also the Young Bucks were cool too. Like in the opening, I, I, we didn't really talk them up too much, but they came out in. Uh, uh, macho man inspired costumes yeah. mm. so it was after omega it winning was, the junior heavyweight championship. it was the uh tag team championship match yeah uh this is the heavyweight tag team championship match mm-hmm. uh bullet club doc gallows and carl anderson against hiroki goto and katsuyori shibata the we, tastiest tag team yes, <laughs> yes i'll have that shibata to go <laughs> yeah goto and shibata are great this was a match a year in the making because Bullet Club had held the tag titles for the entire year uh, since Wrestle Kingdom 8. And also, Goto and Shibata had a match in Wrestle Kingdom 8 that forged a friendship that has become mm. made them a tag team. So they finally had their big match. This was, again, they didn't give two shits about tags after the first three minutes. Yeah. And it was just a crazy match. And, like, you guys were totally right that Gallows is Kevin Nash and Machine Gun Anderson is Scott Hall. Like, I mean, yeah. yeah, it was it was it had that vibe for sure. He was mm-hmm. like they had the same getup, uh, but they all had great like the way oh. that um, Gallows blew out his quad. Yeah, <laughs> look at the adjective bullet. <laughs> uh, overall, with every tag team, all of them had so many great duo moves. Like, yeah. it's another thing that's like lacking in a lot of tag wrestling these days. So, like in WWE, like not a lot of people have many good. Duo moves, though, like Cesaro and Tyson Kidd are building up a lot of great t- duo yeah. moves. Like they're yeah. great at it. Was it like right for their other fall fallbacks? I think New Day is trying. Yeah, to they do are that, trying, but it's like they're also. But it's just a. It's a usually bad just a finisher. Yeah. yeah, but was it Red Dragon that had the tombstone? Like uh, no, that's spike? a Meltzer driver from uh, uh, from the Young Bucks. Uh, no, nice. that's that's the third best Hannibal movie. Uh. <laughs> But yeah, the the match was really fun. And I, I it was sad to see the Bullet Club lose because I, I you know I was rooting for the Bullet Club wearing my Bullet Club shirt. Mm-hmm. Was this the one that had a Japanese Mac from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Yes, that was Shibata. Yes. Shibata, oh, yes. He, you're right. He is. <laughs> yeah, Shibata's cool. I, I, I they're, they're both all right guys. They're not. They don't feel like big time dudes. But the tag belts are treated like a big deal. Like yeah. world champions team up. Former world champions will like team up to compete for the tag titles. Like, yeah. It's just it's funny seeing a match where the two guys who are very 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 plain looking win mm-hmm. versus yeah. the very dramatic theatric looking dudes. Because like in WWE, it's like, hey, look, this guy has yeah. an entrance thing and he came out in a golden robe and he has six valets. This other guy's wearing a burlap sack and has no one and he crawled in <laughs> through the crowd. It's like, who's going to win? <laughs> that was Mick Foldy. <laughs> so let's move on to the next match, which was uh, AJ Styles against Tetsuya Naito. This was a great match. That uh, was great. So now we're in the top three matches of the night. Yeah. Like that all had big buildups. So yeah, Naito beats Styles in the G1 Climax Tournament. And Styles is coming off losing the World Tam- Championship to Tanahashi back in October. And so now Styles wants to reclaim his spot as one of the top guys, while Naito wants to prove it wasn't a fluke when he beat Styles. And and unlike everybody else in Bullet Club, Bullet Cl- Styles didn't have any of those Bullet yeah. Club guys backing him up because I think they want to show like he's the real deal. Like Styles is a real challenger, not just a guy who needs Bullet Club to cheat for him. 
Yeah. And I was most worried when the Styles Clash came, like a top rope Styles Clash. I was like, please, Naito, yeah. move your, hold your head back. Yeah. Don't go with your instincts to move your head in the front. Back, back. You know, so. Yeah. It, it was a little weird that they brought up like, uh, two people have had their neck broken. Like, mm-hmm. two people have really, really injured their neck. This is legit. It's happened. Yeah. Let's maybe not make light of it. Well, yeah. I don't. Okay, so I don't think it's light of it. Here's here's I think it's it's wrestling tradition, at least American wrestling tradition. Like, for example, Killer Kowalski got that nickname because he legitimately tore off somebody's ear. Mm. And instead of getting mad about it, they said, Okay, we'll make that part of your character. Like we can't we can't punishing you won't put that ear back. So <laughs> let's let's in, let's make some money off of it. Yes, yeah. Same deal with <laughs> We'll pay that guy's medical bills. Stan <laughs> Hansen was wrestling Bruno San Martino and famously like broke his neck in the ring. And like and and Vince uh, Vince McMahon Sr. wanted to punish him. He was like, "Nah, this is too good. People want to see the guy who broke Bruno San Martino's neck." So, yeah, all right, you're lucky. And so I think in that way, they're just like, he broke these guys' necks. Hopefully people will be more careful in the future. But let's at least make it so his uh, finisher seems scarier now. Like, it's a scarier finishing maneuver now. And it's also like, once he did it off the top rope, I was like, well, that's over. Like, the mm-hmm. end. Like, But Naito was cool. But yeah. neither of them are like, it, it was just too bad. It, the match wasn't as good as the final two matches. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. It just came up a little short, and I had seen AJ in so many better matches in 2014 that this really good match was yeah. kind of just like lacking. By I liked uh, a lot of the submissions that uh, yeah. was the match. He really worked on Naito's leg a lot and uh, went for the calf crusher in, in a good time. I'm sure he's going to submit. There were no submissions at all that yeah. tonight, and then also it was uh, the finisher from a, the finish from a logic standpoint made sense because styles knows that Naito is going to go for a, a hurricane run off the top ah. rope. Like that's a standard move of his. And so he catches him and puts him in the, in, in his finishing maneuver. All right. Uh, so the penultimate match was for the IWGP intercontinental championship, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura against Kota Ibushi. Yeah. Good one. Uh, Nakamura was really awesome. I mean, it's like, isn't you say he's like probably this, your favorite? Yeah, he's he's. I think he's my. He's now this cemented him as my favorite guy in yeah. in the thing. I think it was my favorite match of the night. Yeah. I would say like on a whole, this was definitely the push Ibushi match. Like, yeah. even though mm-hmm. I mean, the whole thing was basically setting him up to give him some sort of character because yeah. he came out and looked kind of anonymous to me, where he was mm-hmm. just like, "I've got this haircut. I look like <laughs> this. Uh, I don't say or do anything." And mm-hmm. the other guy's like. I'm an insane Michael Jackson parody crazy yeah. man with wizard hair who, you know. Who makes crazy faces. Who makes crazy yeah. faces and yeah. is He's, awesome. Yeah, kind of like the Dean Ambrose of... Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that... And Ibushi was, like, calling him out the whole time and, pretend, and stealing his moves stealing his and, moves, ma- and, and yeah. pretending yeah. to be him and, like, kicking him in the face, like, stomping on his they face. They were really, really whipping the shit out of each other's yeah. faces in this one. Like, yeah. really, like, just stepping on the faces, like grinding your foot in his face yeah. he shoved his like boot in his mouth at one point mm-hmm. i think and it was like you just kind of see their faces swelling up over time and you're like stop <laughs> and nakamura like there there was no language barrier there. like nakamura's face like told it all like he has the most expressive face of any wrestler i think yeah. like even more than dean ambrose i'd say like you can just see it all in his face like yeah. all his second like, only to paul Heyman. <laughs> yeah well i mean it, like the way it just moves from like pride to jealousy to anger to fear to pain it's just like so it, did i pay my insurance bill this one <laughs> <laughs> he's just all over the place and the bombay knee is like great like it's such a great 
the, it was driving me crazy to hear like uh, Matt Stryker, who was such a nerd the whole show, like kept calling him Shinsuke. Listen to the announcer that calls him to the ring. He says Shinsuke. That it's it's blaring through the entire Tokyo Dome. Shinsuke, stop saying, stop saying. Is it like spelling a discoon with a C? <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> But no, that was a good intro yeah. for me to a really cool wrestler who seems mm. awesome. Yeah, I think uh, Nakamura is the best theme as well. So that's, also that's what sold me on him. Is this theme song is great. It's basically half the themes were F Zero tracks, so yeah. I was really into that. Yeah, he was great, and his he had the best entrance too, like his crown. And oh his yeah, that's great. Cape the huge great. cape. It's great because even the most generic matches here seem to make uh, Triple H's WrestleMania entrance <laughs> from last year with the Dark Souls chainmail look pretty reserved. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like these guys don't get interviews backstage, at least during like these sh- these shows themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, I think the entrance is really where they've kind of got to show their character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do true. they have a weekly like Raw-ish show that's every week, or is it uh, mo- mostly no, these? Big... No. Well, yeah, I'm not sure. I think they do have a weekly broadcast, yeah. but they don't have a weekly live show every week. They they do it all around, mm-hmm. all around the country. That's that's my understanding. Uh, so let's move on to the main event, which was uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi against Kazuchika Okada. They very they very much built up Tanahashi as the Cena of yeah he is. Japan. Though yeah. when okay, so when Okada first appeared, he beat he beat uh, Tanahashi two in a row. Mm-hmm. Like he was very dominant over him, almost like how like Sheamus was dominant over Cena mm-hmm. when he first appeared. But now Okada has like come up short a couple times with Tanahashi, and though. Stryker talked about it. the last time Okada faced Tanahashi, he beat Tanahashi so bad. Tanahashi was like, well, I'll never face him again. Like, he beat me. He's beaten me two times in a row. I'm done. And, like, he stayed away from him for over a year. Mm-hmm. And now this is their first big rematch. But Tanahashi's the champ. And, and also going into it, I told you guys, nobody's ever kicked out to the Rainmaker clothesline. And when and Okada hit it, Tanahashi kicked out. That was a shocker. Like that was a big, big thing. I was glad I talked up. Nobody's kicked out of this, uh, guys. Yeah. It was the perfect recipe to kick out. So yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. I didn't feel the shock of this one because it was like this is when someone this will is kick when out. Yeah. It's just uh, yeah. It was also kind of real slow to get going. Like this yeah. one, I felt I don't they've know. had better matches. Yeah. It was a good match, but they've had better. But that one, like Tanahashi's, like high fly flow to the outside. That was like, crazy. Yeah, that was. The um, I, I think I maybe saw Eddie Guerrero make a farther jump once, but that was the one of the farthest jumps I've. They ever showed it seen. again from that second angle, and he just barely cleared that barrier. And it's mm-hmm. like uh, you don't want to be tangling with that when you're in the air. It's like, <laughs> yeah. whoops, my leg broke. Yeah, my entire uh, <laughs> sternum cracked in half. Yeah. Great. Yeah. yeah, he maybe oh, okay. I've seen I saw Rob Van Dam jump farther than that yeah. too, uh-huh. but it was it was close. That was great, and also like you guys saw like. Okada's dropkick is incredible. Like it is that, very nice. That dropkick to the <laughs> face. That was yeah. one other annoyance, though, in the show. So after Nakamura and Tanahashi won, like they both talked. Matt Stryker and Jim Ross were like, well, you don't need to know what their language. No, he's 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 real proud. Yeah, he's like, and, and Stryker's like, go to the website and uh, have a translation. Here, like, here's the website. I go to translations. Like, yeah. yeah. Wow, like, could you not have spent like? You couldn't have one translator yeah. just in your ear for these scenes. Like, just how hard would that be? Because like yeah. they have on headsets, they must have had somebody in their ear. 
just hire a translator for the for the night for three hours how expensive could mm-hmm. that be well i mean that's the weird thing is because they had to have had if neither one of them speak a language then that means Jim they Ross have clearly speaks japanese <laughs> konichiwa they clearly have someone there to translate for the business stuff and like yeah. oh this here's your hotel room that's true here's this it's like can you just come in and like we know that there will be i mean maybe they don't know ahead of time but they could yeah i mean yeah. you never know why things do or don't happen or how much they were privy to before it started but it is like you could ask, like, is anyone going to talk such that would be relevant to have a translator? And because mm-hmm. we can't speak it, can you just hang out here just in case? Because mm-hmm. what else are you going to do? Because you're here to shepherd us around Japan, and frankly, we're here. Mm. So, uh, the, I, don't know. I but, also liked hearing the stories. Jim Ross saying that, like, a couple of the dudes, Tanahashi yeah. and Nakamura, both came up to him before the show, and they were fans of JR. And that they like, I, I think some of them must know some English and just talk to them. Like, especially if, if they're, you can imagine they know, they know, they know American pro wrestling. Like if they're big fans, you think they would have sampled, especially Attitude Era product. Yeah. But would they know the announcer? Like if they, if they didn't know the language, who, who do they care the announcer is? It's just the sound over it that's unintelligible to you. Yeah. I mean, one thing I, I wish that the announcers had done a little bit more of, you did it way more than the announcers, Henry, was like building up specific moves. Like, this guy does this one thing and it's awesome. Like, for this match, they actually built up, was it, I think, Okada's dropkick? I, f- I forgot. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. That, that Jim Ross. There were a few times, Jim Ross in general is an old man who yeah. thinks that everything was better in, in the old days. And yeah. so that, this was the one time in the night he was like, this is the best dropkick I've ever seen in my career. And then he did it, and it was yeah. great. Mm-hmm. He got the best height, and he was right. Pinpoint accuracy, like right on mm-hmm. his feet. He hit him right in the chin. It was, yeah. I All right, so in general, I thought Wrestle Kingdom 9 was a really good show. Yeah. I, it's definitely better than the TNA Japan show we saw. Way better than yeah. that. I don't know if I'd say it was better than my favorite. Like, it wasn't better at WrestleMania 30, but mm-hmm. I do have a more attachment to the people yeah. on it, too. Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was a really great introduction. I know people talk up uh, the G1 Climax. Take, that takes place over, like, a number of days. Well, it's like a multi-week tournament that yeah. just win, scores, and then they have the final round of it over three days. Yeah. yeah. And even though the, what was it, flips, that, that app kind of shit the bed... If this is like the start of cross promotion between Global Force and New Japan, and they get more of these big pay per views mm-hmm. overseas, that'd be great. Yeah, I, I'm wondering what the future of Global Force will be when they actually have their own roster and all that stuff, and like who they're going to get. It was bef- it, it took place last December, so it's before the results of this are known. Mm-hmm. But uh, Jared's podcast had uh, what's his name on to talk about Global Force. Oh, Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and talked about like his initiative and what he wants to do with mm-hmm. it. And so it's worth listening to. Yeah, yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see where Global Force fits in in the world of pro wrestling because. There's WWE, and now like everybody's competing to be the distant number two because yeah. TNA is really vulnerable right now. Like they're barely alive. They have a garbage ro- well, not garbage roster, but the wor- the weakest roster they've ever had. Yeah. And then meanwhile, like ROH is sort of coming up in the world, but they also don't have the most support. And now like Jeff Jarrett wants to get all the talent he can get too. Then plus New Japan seems to be wanting to be bigger in America. Like so. Yeah. Like, really, New Japan is number two. If you're looking worldwide, they're number two. Yeah. Uh, All right, so that'll do it for the first half of Cheap Podcast. We'll be back with uh, a look at Japan's wrestling past. No boy. Strictly within the confines of WWE, so expect a little bit of racism. Oh, boy. Hulk Hogan's Rockin' Wrestling will return after these messages. 
Welcome to the Break for Cheap podcast episode number 40. This is your host, Dave Rudden, coming at you with slightly different than usual break time fare. This was not a WWE pay-per-view that we talked about, but it still did have a follow-up show the next day. New Japan had a card called New Year's Dash. There were a few developments at the show. One of them is that Okada, who lost in the main event of Wrestle Kingdom 9, lost again at this uh, at this show and had the same sort of reaction where he left the ring crying, but like a manly crying, mind you. It looks like they're setting up some sort of uh, underdog angle with him. And the other me- member of the main event from Wrestle Kingdom, Hiroshi Tanahashi, also lost at this show. Uh, he was in a multi-man tag match and lost to AJ Styles, so they're probably going to set up a Styles-Tanahashi main event somewhere down the line. In addition to all that, there's a new member of the Bullet Club introduced uh, in the form of Cody Hall, who is Scott Hall's son. Uh, you know, makes sense with uh, Bullet Club's NWO uh, leanings. And uh, I've never seen Cody Hall in action. I've seen photos of him. Got the the look of a wrestler who will be popular in Japan. He's apparently the Bullet Club young boy who is... Uh, uh, he's the equivalent of those trainees who sit around the ring and uh, you know, throughout Wrestle Kingdom they would hold the ropes open, give cold packs to wrestlers who had just finished their matches. But you know, given the fact that Bullet Club, like NWO, is kind of anti-authority and rebellious, will he do that sort of stuff for Bullet Club? Will he just be a wrestler? Who knows? You know, Wrestle Kingdom 9 definitely piqued my interest and these new developments did it even further. So you might hear a little bit more from me about uh, New Japan going forward. But let's not forget that we also talk about WWE heck of a lot. There's been a few new developments with the first Raw of 2015. Biggest being that uh, the Royal Rumble title match will now be Cena versus Lesnar versus Seth Rollins. I hope that still allows Lesnar to come through and end up at WrestleMania uh, being dethroned. I think that's the best way for his story to end and Maybe Cena losing because he's being double-teamed is something that they go with. Uh, Bad News Barrett won the Intercontinental title back. I've said before that the IC title has been traded around way too much in 2014, and I'm a little scared they'll keep doing it in 2015. But this might actually give Ziggler a chance to go a little bit further up the card, and uh, if Bad News Barrett can be a dominant champion... Then we'll see. There really wasn't much else to the show that really caught me. It ended with three superstars being fired, but that stuff kind of goes over like a fart in church nowadays. You know it's not going to stick. It, uh, they'll be back by Royal Rumble, I would guess. I wish I could have cared more about the ambulance match between Bray White and Dean Ambrose, but this is like the fifth time they fought in the last month, and it's kind of growing a little bit too old for me. So hopefully those two get something new to do soon. Anywho, uh, with the additional little notes of wrestling out of the way, um, let me talk to you about uh, the ways that you can support Laser Time. There's, of course, the donate link on the left-hand side of lasertimepodcast.com. Right below there is the Laser Time store where you can buy t-shirts for any of the five Laser Time programs. There's also Amazon links everywhere. There's a bunch under this article. There's a bunch on the right-hand side of the website, and there's the shows themselves. Laser Time just kicked off 2015 
uh, an episode about the top movies of 2014 and what everyone did over the holiday break. VG Empire just came back with an episode that really kind of piques my interest. It's about menu music and eShop music, so uh, I'll definitely be giving that one a listen very soon. Uh, Cape Crisis should be back before long, as will Vigigame Apocalypse. I imagine that there will be an episode covering the most anticipated games of 2015. Please support all those shows, subscribe to them on iTunes, leave five-star ratings, and all that good stuff. Please, please follow Laser Time on Twitter, where it's Laser Time Show, and on Facebook, where it's Laser Time Podcast. Subscribe to Laser Time on YouTube. There's been a bunch of Japan videos posted that are pretty neat. And I'm sure that there will be game videos back up there before long. Uh, because Laser Time also has a Twitch channel. And I think I've covered every single thing. I'm going to let you get back to the rest of the show uh, where it's a little bit funnier. Now back to Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling. Welcome back to Cheap Podcast, episode number 40. So we spent the first half of this episode talking about the very excellent uh, Wrestle Kingdom 9 pay-per-view, which really painted Japanese wrestling in a, in a very positive light. American announcers putting over the product very well, which actually stands in stark contrast to wrestling's past, particularly within North America Ugh. and WWE. And uh, even today, they're kind of a, a little bit of a racist company. They'll put some shocking angles out there from time to time. Uh, so I thought I would take this part of the episode to shine a light on some of those. So I'm going to go mostly chronologically and start out with one of the more prominent Japanese wrestlers. And I say that in quotes because this guy was not Japanese, but he was... Uh... Well, I'll play his theme to start. But this guy was really good. <clears throat> yes. Though, not Japanese. Mm-hmm. Samoan. Uh, yes. And they do that a lot. Yes, they do. You're talking about Yokozuna. Yes. <clears throat> oh, yeah. The giant, mm-hmm. giant who moved faster <clears throat> than a lot of, like, 200-pound dudes. Yeah, it's amazing going back to, like, his, his early matches. Yeah, like, 1993 when he started. And, like, his matches against Bret Hart were actually pretty good. Mm. Though I think one of them, I think it was WrestleMania 10. Or no, it was maybe, I think it was 9. His where 9 it, match was bad. It was bad. It was, like, way shorter than it was supposed to be. And, like, like he, I think he got gassed about, like, 8 minutes in. And mm. Bret's like, all right, I'm ending the match, but you're not getting these 5 minutes back. Yeah, like, I can't use them again at a later date. I yeah. think that's how he said it. Yeah. <laughs> but, but so they stuck him with, he couldn't just be the dominating Samoan guy. Yeah. It was like, they drudged up, like, <laughs> A fear of Japan that was like 50 years old yeah. at that point and and like had him surrounded by you know geisha girls mm-hmm. and and then had Mr. Fuji who 
was a racist stereotype even in the 80s, but he was odd job. And then he instead transformed into... Well, this was the the new Japanese, or the new fear of Japan, which was where their industry was so much better than America's in every single way Mm -hmm. that... But in this, but for this one, he changed back into, or he like put on a kimono and and came out and like I remember WrestleMania nine, like Hogan actually said JAP, like yeah. I'll get the Jap. I like, tried to find like, that, but uh, wow, like yeah. they and they said that more times than not. Yeah. Like there was another one where like Paul Orndorff, I think it was in a match, like was or. Maybe it was not him, but like was facing Mr. Fuji, yeah, or a team with Mr. Fuji, and then just like did like the the Same, eye yeah. thing, like the it was Don Morocco. I can't. I was like, he was you're the good guy in yeah. this match. Don't be a racist. Did like, you hear about uh, Paul Orndorff's new baby carrying device, the baby Bjorndorf? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, Yokozuna. He it was, didn't work out. He was he was a bit much. <laughs> yeah. Um, in many I ways, I just can't. I just can't get my head around like just playing a different rate. Like uh, even agreeing. I mean, I know at some point, like, well, I need money, mm-hmm. and they're either gonna let me do if I if I turn this down, I'll probably get ostracized, and I'll never get in. Yeah. So I I I, I can see it, but it's like you know, I don't know to just to be so wildly different. Like I'm not. I'm Samoan. Like yeah. I'm not mm-hmm. not close. It doesn't not, even really look like a sumo wrestler because sumo wrestlers are kind of like. They look like giant babies, whereas Yokozuna has these like big fat thighs, which yeah. you don't you, don't, you wouldn't see on a normal yeah, a huge, uh, sumo guy. That's huge true. Man. Though I also saw that WrestleMania Nine. I, I saw this. This was reminding me in the OSW review of WrestleMania Nine. But there, there are two Japanese photographers in there who just go like are watching the match. Who just go like ah Yokozuna number one, WrestleMania number one. Ha 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 ha. Yeah. Like it. It felt like they were told to act. Yeah, and I like know. I wonder when the WWE went to Japan around that time. Did they even try to like they did front shows that in Japan? But like, would they would they try to make it seem like Yokozuna was actually Japanese when he's fighting mm. in Japan? And it probably you know I through. wonder if they wrestled then in Japan, like when they had Yokozuna, because the the times I knew they wrestled in Japan was when they had guys who were were huge stars in Japan, like yeah. Hogan, Andre, to a lesser extent Ric Flair. It's also funny because Yokozuna is the, champ- the term for like the world champion yeah. sumo wrestler, which is like naming an American wrestler in a foreign country like World Series. <laughs> yeah, pretty great. Mm. Stanley Cup's on. Stanley, <laughs> Stanley Cup is a great wrestler. Stanley Cup. <laughs> enforcer. Two P's. Two P's, NHL. Get, get, off, get your lawyers out of here. Um, but yeah, oh, it'd yeah. be like us like, hey, hey white guy, um, you're gonna be in the re- in wrestling. You're gonna come to Japan, but we need you to play an Australian. <laughs> and you're like, uh, well, they definitely uh, good, uh, they uh, are. Oh, yeah. I might. They're well, getting they, a lot of British guys to play superheroes nowadays. So, yeah. mm-hmm. well, there were definitely in wrestling history there were, have been a lot of guys who were not Russian playing the evil Russian communist. Oh, for sure. Like, well, yeah, the Rusev is yeah. not actually Russian. He's what? Bulgarian. What? I think he's got like a tattoo of Bul. Yeah, Bulgarian. it's a Bulgarian my, flag or something. Like my a favorite, brute. my favorite is Sabu though, who is from Red Hook. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and you hear him talk, he's like, eh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so what else? What uh, else we got? Well, I've got one clip of Yokozuna oh, yes. on. Uh, well, you'll notice who it is uh, pretty quickly. All right, now let me ask you something. What what is the what is famous about Yokozuna? His most famous move. He has a move apparently. <laughs> Stop doing that. <laughs> I think if I asked you anything. So, when does I'm your ready. driver's license expire? I don't know. Ah. <laughs> I'm going to in corner. Do you always stop? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we can't second rope. Look at crowd. 
Look at Master Fuji. I said, Banzai! Boom. 500. What does boom mean? Means whole body. 568 pounds. Right on American opponent chest. Finish. As him on Conan O'Brien. That's Fuji. Super early Conan O'Brien. Like, uh, I I checked it out. It was November of, two, of 1993. Wow. So like out of like two thousand plus shows he did, this is probably like is like fiftieth or sixtieth. Wow. Well, as you can see yeah. where WWE stock was at the time, like, like well, can we get on late night? To, like, we'll get you on Conan. <laughs> yeah, the guy we're close to canceling. Yeah, yeah. but uh, and now, that's and that's where the Jesus liver was born. <laughs> well, now these days, like Seamus, like Seamus was the guy born to be the regular Conan guest. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I, yeah. Like I, I cut it out of the clip right before this. He's talking like. Uh, join us tomorrow. We'll ha- we'll we'll have Sid Caesar and Tabitha Soren, wow. which is like oh. so 1993. Wow. <laughs> no, Andy Richter is a legit like wrestling fan. Yeah. Like, so. Oh, is he? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to the Attitude Era, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I'm going to preface these with most of these with themes because I feel like they're also sort of racist. Yeah. Just some nice wind instruments or whatever. It's fine. Uh, so that is a that's Kayentai. Yes. Which was a that's that was an actual faction in Japan, four man faction. They were all brought to uh, the U.S., uh, but two of them pretty much uh, stayed after I think a couple months. Yeah, they were saddled with some pretty. Offensive stuff. Yeah. So the sense I got of why they got them uh, from why why the Michinoku guys came in, the Kaintai, the Michinoku Pro dudes came in, was because the cruiserweight division was doing so good on WCW. Yeah. And so Vince was like, fine, I guess we'll have some tiny men jump around. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> And so, and so he hired some of the fr- best free agents. These loopa dupe nerds ain't gonna put butts in seats. <laughs> so he hired some of the free agents like Takamichi Noku and his bros. Yeah, but because he Vince has no respect for smaller dudes, he then put them into stupid joke gimmicks. Like everybody got put in a joke gimmick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But and what's the easiest joke to make? Oh well, the color of your skin and yeah. the place you're from. And so they got put into some very racist. They were always losers too. Oh they yes. were in, they were putting some very racist gimmicks. I remember them winning a match once, and it was f- fucking shocking. Like, <laughs> they pinned somebody who like had any kind of juice at all, and it was just like it was the absolute yeah. most humiliating loss you could imagine. It was like losing to the Brooklyn Brawler. Well, and poor like <laughs> down the road, Funaki was made like a commentator for SmackDown just yeah. to mock him, like. You don't speak English well. <laughs> like, and his gimmick uh, was Kung Funaki. Uh, which is like, not even right. That's, uh, that, I, I will give them credit that the overdubbing gimmick, I think, was at least a little creative. Yes. Yeah. A little. A little. Well, I have a clip of that. Play that. It was creative racism, which is better than lazy racism, <laughs> I guess. You gotta, you gotta love these two uh, silly little ninja freaks. Oh, boy. <laughs> Yeah. Especially what they did on my show last night, Sunday Night Heat, to two fools. <laughs> talking to two, cool. <laughs> two fools. Yeah. It's got to be <laughs> Who's talking? Oh, Taz. Taz. Mr. Red Hook, your words, they amuse me. 
Two fools. Clever. By replacing the letter C with the letter F, you have completely <laughs> changed their name. Therefore, it is funny. <laughs> well done, my friend. <laughs> and here's a catchphrase. So they were over. They were over. They were That's over. The crowd bad. chanted it before yeah. he said it. No. That's not bad. No. I, I, they, they, there were worse things such as, I choppy choppy your pee pee. Oh, you mean this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, JR? Yeah. <laughs> and... Oh, God, wow. Uh, so the plot like, was that the, the Val Venus with his powerful white man's penis mm. uh, Big was white able cop. to um, seduce the wife of the head of the... Uh, Yamaguchi. Of, yeah, Yamaguchi, the head of Kaintai. And then his response was to pull out a sword, a katana, and said that he was going to cut his penis off. And then, like, one of, like, the... Like you get to you get to see uh, all of Val Venus's butt. Like they kidnap yeah. Val Venus, then the guys break into the room to try to see what's going on, and like he's naked from behind, and they're about to cut the the sword is about to come down, and then the TV cuts off. Yeah, and then the next week they just kind of like back out of the deal, and they're just like, <laughs> uh, "I was scared, and my penis shrunk, and so it dodged the sword." And well, I'm not talking man, to her is, anymore. And the end. so I'm trying to think, garbage. like, wait, so, so if his there's a little there was another twist to that in that oh, okay. John Wayne Bobbitt came out with him that week and told him, like, John Wayne Bobbitt told taught me his trick, which is to retract my penis. Jesus Christ! It's a skill yeah. all men have. Yeah, that they can attitude error. Attitude error. It's toxic garbage. Why, why did John Wayne Bobbitt teach it to him in the first place? Did he anticipate like a situation it's where it's going to come a day like yeah. no other? Well, you will like, need when, to. When would John Wayne Bobbitt put that in practice? Because he got his dick cut off, yeah. then reattached. Like he'd have to learn after he was reattached. And, yeah. Uh, so I pulled up this quote. This is two thousand percent more conversation <laughs> yeah. than that deserves. So this oh was this. God. I feel like you can credit a lot of this to Vince Russo, who has been mm-hmm. called a racist in the past for the way he books people. And his big quote was during this interview he gave when he was in charge of WCW. Said, "I'm going to tell you. No, I won't do his stupid. <laughs> new, he has the worst New York at New York yeah. accent ever. But now who's racist? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you something right now that you will absolutely not agree with. But I've been in wrestling a fan of my whole life. Is he and Italian I will, now? <laughs> and I will live and die by this. It's hard enough. Believe me, I write this shit. It's hard enough to get somebody over. You will never, ever, ever, ever see the Japanese." wrestlers or the Mexican wrestlers over an American mainstream wrestling. And the simple reason for that is, even myself, I'm an American, and I don't want to sound like a big bigot or a racist or anything like that, but but I'm an American, and if I'm watching wrestling here in America, I don't give a shit about a Japanese guy. I don't give a shit about a Mexican guy. I'm from America, and that's what I want to see. Does he know America isn't a race? <laughs> so what a fucking idiot. <laughs> when you say you that should just be a lesson to you if you're even no matter how sure you are in your head, if you're saying the sentence I don't want to sound like a racist, <laughs> but like you just yeah. stop right there. Eject, don't eject, s- eject. Yeah, you gotta. Don't, no matter how certain you feel in your head of the next word you're about to say, just don't say it. <laughs> just wait till you go home, say them to yourself. <laughs> That's fine. Record them, listen to them the next day, and go, oh, right. good lord. Yeah. I'm glad I didn't finish that thought. <laughs> that is really amazingly yeah. terrible. JR, 
<laughs> yeah, his interview with Jr. is like, well, Jr. you know as well as I do. Is he Kennedy? Yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do a New York. Dave, you're from New York, dude. Pretend doing Vince Russo impersonation. Uh, I don't want to see. Uh, <laughs> nah, forget it. Forget it. All right. So, uh, moving on to a more modern day guy who is also mishandled. This is one of my least favorite themes ever. And when you give a guy this theme to debut with, oh please, you, it 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 won't end well. Uh, this is a uh, Yoshitatsu. At least they're, they've graduated to, like, this is... Uh, I I have heard of the idea of Japanese pop music. Yeah. It's just so bizarre how they can't help themselves. Like, where are you? Oh, this guy's ja- ja- Japanese. 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 <laughs> <laughs> they just, like, all I, all I can do is, like, come out in a, in a like, rice hat. I don't know. Yeah. What else would you do? So, yeah, he's just a fun goof who didn't do good in anything. Like, yeah. He was just I don't even know this guy job. was. He you was, never saw him. Yeah, he was a... One of the biggest jobbers. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't really get to shine that much. Uh, Speaking of jobber showcases, as mentioned earlier in that Taz clip, Sunday Night Heat. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, right. Uh, yeah, talking. this guy was like, he was purely on Superstars. Uh, and, right up there uh, with WCW Saturday Night yeah. in, the, in the 90s. Yeah, beyond having that awful, awful theme, uh, he also had a, a kind of a racist debut with a guy who was on Wrestle Kingdom 9. Mo? But I, I'll, I'll speak so you understand me. Shelton oh. Benjamin. Oh, God. Yoshi-san! Gold standard! You pick wrong night to come here. This is just ignorant. <laughs> because Gold Standard make his debut back on ECW tonight. And that bad for you. So stand back, please. Stand back. Stand back, or I call Godzilla. Ooh. Hey, Godzilla reference. <laughs> and Ashland Benzaman is gainfully employed yeah. in New Jersey. I'm pretty sure he speaks Japanese, too. Because uh, yeah. like, he's wrestled in, Jap- in Japan a ton. And I thought yeah. I heard him just like... Uh, I would bet after you've been yeah. there that long, everybody you probably ta- learned. You gotta yeah. learn some at that point, right? I, I think there was an "everybody talks too much" uh, part where Shelton Benjamin was saying something in Japanese when he's on the mat. Yeah, he's that's that's sad. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah the Yoshitatsu was around long enough to be in an ECW show yeah. and just got cut this year. Mm-hmm. He's just a loser. Like, and, but then even sadder was Yoshitatsu finally got cut, mm-hmm. and then. Back to what we were talking about earlier mm. today, Tanahashi, when he won the world title, it was because he was facing AJ Styles and AJ Styles' Bullet Club was just about to cheat to keep the title on him. And then Yoshitatsu ran out and saved the day and, and saved Tanahashi. And so it was set up like, all right, Yoshitatsu is a big deal now in New Japan. Like, his second match mm. gets his neck broken by taking the Styles Clash wrong. He may never wrestle again. Yeah. Mm. Very sad. That guy's got bad luck. I'm also concerned to see what they're going to do with Kenta. Because, I mean, they debuted him on NXT, and it was kind of a mess. Yeah. Honestly, I don't <sighs> think they handled that well at all. And I'm interested to see what they do with a guy that is hired with prestige and is yeah. at least yeah. going to have some pretense of being treated respectfully. Yeah. I mean, I feel like they've done a decent job. I though think, he, I think he's he's kind of been overshadowed by... That's uh, his biggest problem. They've partnered him with Finn Balor, yeah. which totally makes sense because they're both J- Japanese stars, really. Yeah. But... It, 
Finn is a superstar now. He should just be on the show now. Like, he yeah. doesn't need NXT in the slightest. And so he's just completely overshadowing Hideo Itami. Yeah. And then also, like, Hideo needs to do the GTS. Now that, like, mm-hmm. CM Punk is enemy number one of WWE, just let him do the GTS. He invented the move anyway. Yeah. Before uh, CM Punk does it in a UFC match. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only move, I CM Punk will be doing go to sleep in that he will be knocked the F out because he is not a trained fighter. Yeah. Heard it here first. Tough words from Henry Gilbert. <laughs> I am the biggest CM Punk fanboy in the world, mm-hmm. but like he is a 37 year old getting into night like the top level of yeah. UFC. And unless they give him a total loser to face, they're not like, going to give him somebody that's that not well give trained. Him a, yeah, like I think uh, Daniel White said, like the guy we give him is going to be like have maybe two or three UFC matches before. It's not going to mm-hmm. be like a, a like a true veteran. Yeah, will be a guy who won't like, be like a yeah. former champion or anything. Yeah. But still, whoever he faces. It's an uphill climb for Punk. You I go to Buffalo Wild Wings. Watch that one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like yeah, I mean, he said he's gonna like he's gonna be training for the next six months. So I well, bet it, like his match probably won't even be till. The I end wish of the him year. good luck. Yeah, but I'm uh, not betting on. Um, but yeah, even with Atami, uh, as much as I think he's his his run has been handled well so far. Uh, when he debuted, I got that same tinge of like this theme. I don't like it very much. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a you can tell it's a Japanese wrestler's theme. But then, I like it. it... Yeah, see, That's I, good. I, I feel like after a while, maybe they'll just cut the. Uh... <laughs> it's just cut out in yeah. yeah. seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's other people at home go like, ah, the yeah. Asians coming out. All right, I know what to expect. I can go to the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. I I do I worry about him the most when he gets called up because that will be like he he will just be a jobber like it's it's sad to know that well like it's hard to think of a black guy like any non-white person who isn't a total like a jobber like yeah. who wins more matches than loses them yeah I mean of like the the sort of new breed that's in NXT yeah he's got the toughest uh, uphill mm-hmm. climb like Kevin Owens he's big and does crazy powerhouse moves mm-hmm. Adrian Neville he's got it against because he's so small but he's at least like an underdog and he can do crazy yeah. stuff and then Sami Zayn is actually Arab but he's a redheaded Arab so yeah. you, it's one of those things where people can go like oh he's Arab like what yeah. and I, he's like he's like the new Daniel Bryan just like you can't hate him he's yeah. just such a nice guy he's so mm-hmm. lovable and um though I do like and Finn uh, Balor has like the insane, most insane entrance ever so that was great yeah but I think they can at least like I, I heard somebody point out it's like nobody tell Vince McMahon that Sami Zayn is Arab. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, boy. oh, he's Arab. All yeah. right, so he's I gonna be it. some sort of oil sheik, I guess. Perfect. Yeah. Let's get him uh, one of those head things. Do we have any uh, racist oil sheik things that we can uh, I could uh, play? Let's see, Hassan's theme. That was pretty bad. Yep. It's just yeah, the the verbal shorthand of like, where are you from? Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, Middle Eastern descent. Well, have I got a gimmick for you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this is Hassan's theme. It's like, where are you from? Well, I'm from Quebec, Canada. Like, yeah, your name, though. All right, where's your family from? Yeah, Hassan wasn't from a... Was he Indian? Let me see. That song sounded actually more Indian than it did Middle East, (laughs) but I'm sure that eluded every fuckwit that (laughs) handled him. 
I can't find it. But a- anywho, um, yeah. It's, in general, I've always there. There are some Japanese wrestlers who always want to. And TNA was racist as shit with most of them too. Yeah. I think and and I think one of the worst things WWE did the last bad thing and it was just a couple of years ago when Lord Tensai came in. Yeah, it was Albert. It was Prince Albert who he's still Prince Albert. Is life. yeah, is but he came in as Lord Tensai and he was actually like IWGP champion in New Japan mm. and then left for more money in WWE. He came back home WWE was treated as a big threat for about three weeks and then became a joke. And he had a, an Asian assistant who he treated very racistly and poorly. Good. I remember the scene. He was driving him somewhere, and he was his chauffeur. And then he said, "You're driving badly. Open your eyes." Like, oh, yeah, good. And I mean, we could even go. We don't even need to go back further. These are all in the last ten, fifteen years. Yeah, five years. Five years. Jesus yeah, like I, I didn't. I went through mostly just my fandom, but there's. Uh, I feel bad that I'm blank on, it, but it, the guy who was in Pee Wee's Big Adventure and uh, Sub Zero from uh, Professor Toru Tanaka. Oh yeah, yeah. He was one of the first big Japanese stars in America. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and if you watch like the original Nitros from like 95, 96, they had a talent exchange going with New Japan. Yeah. And they're all treated as like, and the foreigner, and yeah. foreigner two, and foreigner three. Like they had no real character. Yeah, but they, yeah, I mean. <laughs> the foreigner is still kind and, of the boiler. Point. And they were stuck with the, a, a weak Japanese manager who just. Sonny Ono. Sonny Ono, who could just go like, see, I'm a stereotype. I'm weak and, and, and just tiny. You I like to think their them. intro is hailing from not here. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so weird, though, because I don't know. Just America being a melting pot as it is, it's mm. like. I only want to see an American get over. It's like, yeah. these people could easily be from here. It's a melting pot, no, not a melting wok. Uh, uh, I see, uh. I see. <laughs> but like, I don't know. This insistence on trying to force where you're from into the bit, it's like, uh, yeah. I need a big meaty white man, says Vincent. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he he feels a, a strong urges for those big meaty because like because it, it, it's not like inherently bad because again you take Seamus and it's like he wants to wear that on his sleeve like but you can feel like there's some of him in that where he like I want to do this mm-hmm. I, I assume when it's and, like and if it's well, not it, that sucks that he has to come out and be like hey did you know Meyer well it feels like personal pride and also like he's. <laughs> This one we can talk about because he is of the same race as us, but like he is very pale and he has red, super red hair. Right. Like, they could make him get a big spray tan and dye his hair, but why not lean into what makes right. him and look it's like, different from everybody else? Right. But I don't know. But then, like, I, I mean, I don't know his matches or anything, but like, you still don't see a lot of matches where like they're going to be calling him names or talking shit about Ireland. I don't know. Just mm-hmm. making him look like a doofus or the butt of the joke is the fact that he's Irish. Whereas anytime someone from Japan comes up, it seems like that's inevitable. Yeah. Like... The Santino is just an uh, an Italian stereotype. Like, mm-hmm. I'm a you Santino. Know, hey. You know, he's from Canada. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> a <Yeah>. fake Italian. <laughs> and, uh, uh, yeah, so Hassan was... Uh, he was from Detroit, Michigan. And his yeah. name is Mark Copani. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That's the nice thing that Damien Sandow slash Damien Mizdow is also like non-American descent, but they never made him like the Arab. That's, That's good. Like, they made him the snob or yeah. the man who imitates Mike Mizowski. Yeah. yeah Damien Sandow's real name is Aaron Stephen Haddad. Ooh. Oh, man. How two, did they two, resist? Two thirds of a normal guy, <laughs> normal American. <laughs> How do they resist not making him an oil sheet? Yeah. Like, it is astounding to me that there has not been 
a oil sheet character yeah. for since Hassan really. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they've really watched their P's and Q's. At the they WWE. did like for a, a, a little bit with Hassan, like they actually had a decent character where he was talking about how America had become so racist since nine 11 but then he, he just became the terrorist. He, yeah, his <laughs> yep. first appearance was so... It was actually really good. Like, you can see the whole clip. If you watch, uh, I believe it's called The Soul of Wrestling. Mm-hmm. And it's just... A, no, no, that's not it. It's about patriotism. It was the patriotism legends of wrestling on the network. They talk about how they have this whole clip of him talking about, I am an American. I'm an American just like you. But I haven't been treated like one since September 11th. Mm-hmm. And so it was this great, like... You know, this guy's a bad guy, but he thinks he's a good guy in his own mind. It was character depth you don't yeah. often see, but that lasted a few weeks. And they're like, mm, yeah, let's just get the writers are like, just make him an oil sheik already. <laughs> <laughs> tired of writing more words. So that'll do it for uh, this, the 40th episode of Cheap Popcast. Uh, uh, real quick, yeah? who do you think? Total spitball. Yeah, this being Cheap Popcast 40. Mm-hmm. Who do you think? Main event WrestleMania 40. <laughs> Main event WrestleMania 40. So seven years from now. Triple H. No, it's, no, it's eight, nine eight, years, nine from, years now. from now. Sorry, I was, um, I was I was living ahead. But knowing that like Cena was around for 21. Well, right? Bat- yeah. Batista and Orton were around for 21 as well. Like, yeah. So so just theorizing. I would theorizing. say uh, Sami Zayn probably in some form would be mm. in the main event. Cena's oh. probably still there. <laughs> Cena's the new, the new taker. 47. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, my, uh, I say Sammy Zane's a good one. I'm going to say Kevin Owens. Yeah. Say Kevin Owens All right. mm. or CM Punk. Yeah. yeah. Let's get some action on this. Uh, <laughs> bet in the cheap podcast yeah. forums on who's nine years. Come uh, back to laser time. Podcast. <laughs> when we're all in our forties, still yeah. watching when wrestling. We're, when we're all a capital one product. Uh, if I can get away from my kids, I'll come in here yeah. and get on the next cheap podcast. One of us will have died tragically young. <laughs> Man, we got to try to remember this. Nine years. WrestleMania <laughs> yeah. 40. Let's make it happen. But in the meantime, before WrestleMania 40, uh, you could donate to Laser Time, uh, buy T-shirts through the link on the left-hand side, use our Amazon links, uh, subscribe, uh, give five-star ratings to uh, Cheap Podcast on iTunes. Uh, you guys have plugs? Cape Crisis, the comic book podcast I do every week. Give it a listen. Also, the regular Laser Time podcast that is the star of the network. We had some great end-of-the-year stuff. In fact, actually, all about Japan. We had a great one mm-hmm. about our big trip to Japan. So yep. if you loved all this talk about Japan and want two and a half hours more of it, have we got yep. a podcast for you. <laughs> yep. Full of a bunch of tales of being in Japan for two weeks. Uh, VGEmpire.com, video game music podcast. So if you like watching Botchamania and hear all that mm-hmm. songs and go, <laughs> and go, hey, I know that. Uh, listen to, check out VG Empire. Uh, VG Empire on Twitter and, uh, yeah. I know, Dave, these aren't plugs. This gorgeous mm. hair is all natural. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Wow. How did it take three years of plugs <laughs> to get... Wow. I'm looking forward to Royal Rumble. Yes, I, I really am, too. And we'll be back for that episode uh, within, I think, what is it, two weeks from now? It's three weeks. Three weeks, three weeks from, from now. now. We'll see you then. Bye-bye.